There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes, for the first time in a couple of weeks, it's the Tim McKernan Show podcast, July 17th, 2023. Jackson, I think we're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I think, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. that this is the longest absence for an episode of the podcast since I started the podcast. And I don't like that. That could be true. I uh, is a, is a subscriber to uh, to Brazzers, to Girls Way, to Reality Kings, um, to Blacked, Blacked Raw, Slade, Vixen. Are these like bundle deals you're getting, or are these individual subscriptions? No, uh, when we put our family budget together each year, right. my wife says you can spend up to fifteen hundred dollars on porn sites a month. Very robust budget. <laughs> well, I mean, things are going well. It got diversified, too. Absolutely. They put out an update, and you can, you can count on it. Yeah, right. And I, I'll tell you, going back to the InsideSTL.com days, one of the things I said when I started InsideSTL.com is we got to have new content every day. Mm-hmm. So at the podcast, I want to have one every week. But then I'm down in Hilton Head for a couple of weeks, and even though, uh, to be clear... Sound like Tommy Matter and head of programming here at Hubbard said, Hey man, you can't take off TMA. He goes, Okay. <laughs> he goes, Totally up to you. Right. He goes, So what about Bloom Party? Oh, I'll take I'll t- that. Uh, th- that we can, well, yeah, you'll be definitive. You know, right. We'll take off there. TMA, we'll do, uh, right. We'll pop so I, I popped on. And so then I'd get done. I'd be like, Now it's vacation time. My wife, not a big fan of the fact that I chose to do an hour, which wound up being two Longer, yeah. most of the time. Um, but I felt like I still was able to spend time with my family, but I didn't do QFTA. And there were times I felt like I could have done it, but uh, it just didn't cross my mind. So here we are for the first time in a couple of weeks. And I've got, I mean, we're stored up for the winter here. And I got one today. And maybe this is a bait and switch. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But it's all about you. So I could just sit back here, look at Slade and Black Draw. Right, well, I mean, just to get your money's worth. <laughs> right. You have to while you, look at While it. you essentially carry today's QFTA. Uh, this question comes from the Hunchback of On Castle. Hi, boys. Yo. I was wondering if you could do a Jackson deep dive on his time so far with the show. Examples of some questions I have for Jackson include... Going from TMA listener to a member of TMA, what was your biggest misconception about TMA you had before you joined the show? When you joined TMA, it was still, quote, the hot dog stand era. It was. Did you ever think during that time, quote, what the fuck was I thinking getting into radio, end quote? What is your favorite part of the show? What is your least favorite part of the show? How would you like to grow or change the show? Any other thoughts you would like to share would be appreciated. Respectfully horny, Hunchback of On Castle. He sent that last week, and I thought, when I got it, I go, oh, we can do QFTA last week when I'm doing Hilton Head. 
with and let let you just go. Very cool. I appreciate Hunchback of. So Bond let's Castle. go. Let's go. Let's 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 tend all of his questions. All right. And before do we it. do that, let's thank the sponsors who make the podcast possible. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan Kelly. If you're looking to buy a home or refinance, go online at TheHomeLoanExpert.com and work. With Ryan Kelly, uh, Jackson, someday soon, I think you're going to be getting a home. That's yep. what I think. Yep. And uh, Anna Marie and I, we look at uh, the home market, uh, and we have already refinanced. Thank goodness we did with Ryan uh, a few years ago. And my sister uh, bought her home via Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. What a great staff he has and what a fine operation he runs. It's Ryan Kelly at thehomeloanexpert.com, studio sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. Once you get that home, get it insured with James Carlton, who was in studio. How about that segment today? Outstanding. Out of nowhere, James Carlton kind of did his own interview. Yeah. Like like the Hunchback of On Castles interviewing you, James Carlton asked me about uh, the support the sponsors and raved about our listeners supporting the advertisers. And the truth is, I mean, it really is the truth. There's, there's no method to it. Our sponsors are people that I wind up getting to know, or you wind up getting to know, or mm-hmm. Doug winds up getting to know. Uh, Iggy gets to know briefly before they cancel after 48 hours. And, and a new name to the 48-hour policy. <laughs> That's right. He's taking it over. Uh, and, I mean, it's easy for me to do spots for him. I mean, as I'm doing all these spots right now, there's no script. I just know him, and I can tell you what I know. And I know that James Carlton runs a hell of a business. One of the things, I remember when the first time I met him and I went to his office, he's like, you know, I want you to see how many people work here. And I'm just like, okay. But the reason he does that and did that then is so people are taken care of right away. If you're calling somebody or texting somebody about an insurance situation, it's usually urgent. And you can't wait for your insurance agent to email you back like four days later and go, sorry, I was out on the golf course. That's not the way that it works at uh, carltoninsurance.net, and that's why he has 319 five-star reviews on Google. It's James Carlton. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. We're fresh off of Balloon Party, which is driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, stlouisacura.com, and altontoyota.com, and the secret number of 314-252-0029. Or go online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. Jackson's watching me finagle this microphone the whole time while I'm doing spots. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the thing to go from limp to, to stiff, and I just can't get it there. Yeah. Uh, I'm ask, what's that? Pull, pull up Black Draw. <laughs> That's right. Take a look at my computer <laughs> microphone. StLouisHacker.com, AltonToyota.com, and also on today's balloon party, Jackson worked in a humble brag that really pissed off the audience. They were just pissed you were playing golf in general. It didn't right, matter that you shot, you could have shot 150, but you weaved in that you shot an 83. Uh-huh. And then also how tough it was to do because of how it hot it was. It was like a hundred. It felt like 108 degrees out there. Humid as all get out. <laughs> Well, when you're dealing with conditions like that and Jackson's heroic performance and the conditions at Annenbrier, you deal with Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. I made reference to this on this morning's TMA, but I know people go back and podcast this whenever. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with my parents' place. That's where we stayed when we were in Hilton Head. But for whatever reason, and I think internally they don't know how to program the thing Mm. but didn't want to acknowledge that, that at 11 o'clock... Uh, every morning, it would shoot up to 78 degrees in there. Lord. Pack of lunch. And I go, what are we doing in here? <laughs> and my dad's got Fox News on all the time. So it's already one of these things. It's like, oh, I want to be with my family. And by the way, he could have Rachel Maddow's podcast on. I couldn't care any less. I just don't want that stuff. Right. I don't care what it is. I don't want it. Um, but my wife, who's totally 
not engaged in them. I and mean, I'm now not engaged. He goes, God, now I see how it works. Like, oh yeah, isn't it amazing what they do? I go, it's, a, it's it, I tip my cap to the way they do it. Right. <laughs> because it's so kind of ABC poker, but God, does it work. Anyway, so I'm sweating my balls off and we got that going on. And it's nice to come back to St. Louis where I don't have any uh, cable news on and Seth Goldcamp's air conditioning is working wonderfully. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show. And Mark Hanna is uh, somebody I think the absolute world of. I have leaned on Mark Hanna multiple times for personal and professional decisions to get his counsel. That's how much I think of him. And, uh, and and everybody needs a financial advisor, just any financial advisor. But if you can get one the caliber of Mark Hanna, you are really working with a first-class individual. His number is 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. It's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. All right, Jackson, here you go. I mean, it's your QFTA today. I just get to kind of look at uh, Slade. Uh, going from TMA listener to a member of TMA, mm-hmm. what was your biggest misconception about TMA you had before you joined the show? I'm anxious to hear the answers to this. The biggest misconception I would say, um, is that for like, as at some points, like goofy as the show can be, um, you know, Tim runs point on it and, Tim is very much so like past the hours of 10 a.m. is a very business-minded person. Am I? You have a very business-like mind, which I appreciate because like we go from like business, like we're talking business and stuff and doing the things we need to do. And then as soon as those mics go on, like there really isn't like ever like a show plan. It just immediately just kind of happens. And so I find that that is like a, a nice like relationship where it's like, you know, from the hour, like we're getting stuff done after the show, but during the show is like this completely just like roll the ball out there and just let the magic happen. I think that's really, really cool and something I've only really worked on. So TMA. what did you think it was going to be? I don't know. It's not like ever thought like, well, we'll talk about this at that time. Right. It was like, it's just like that you are very business minded and, and you do a lot of business Boring. Things. Would it be fair to say boring? Is it boring? I think it's I'm boring. Certainly different than like, like on TMA. Like TMA, it's so much like, yeah, say whatever and let everything go. And it's, it's really fun and cool in that sense, but you're very business minded. And so that was something I, and I knew that you would be business minded, but like to the extent of like very analytical and I, I, I appreciate that. So that's something. It's not very relatable, Jackson. Yeah, but it's the truth. And so, yeah. uh, that's, I feel the obligation to say so. And, yeah. um, outside of that, like I kind of knew kind of what the show, you know, I've listened for so long that, you know, I knew there was. Oh, how about this? I'll, I'll have a follow up on behalf of the Hunchback Bone Castle. Whose personality, now that you've gotten to know all of the personalities, uh-huh is the most different from what you thought it was going to be and who is the most similar to what you thought it was going to be? Uh, different would be probably you just because based on, like, the, like I said, the, the business side of it. Like, some, and you're not someone, like, with a business degree or, like, went to school. Or any degree, for that matter. <laughs> right. So it's like, in that sense, like, I think that is the case. Uh, and the most similar probably Iggy or Doug, just because Doug is, like, effortlessly funny, so, like, that translates. Like, See, I feel like Doug, Doug on the air, Doug off the air, I-S, air, it, you, there's really not much of a difference. There right. really isn't. Right. And, and as I've said before, Doug Vaughn Nirvana, he just does not give a shit yeah. if people like it or not. Yeah. But not like, an, I'm going to tell it like it is and then right. fight you in the parking lot guy. He's just like, okay, you don't like it, I don't care. Yeah. It's like we were having the discussion via text after the January 7th show 
in 2021 following uh, the fun and games of January 6th, he goes, I get it. I know people don't like my opinions. I probably shouldn't talk about it. Totally makes sense that we should just get away from politics. Yep. Just like a very, yeah. I'm just going, God, it's just so, it's just so fucking healthy and yeah. easy to work with. That's the biggest thing. It's like, Doug, like, just, is, you asking to do something? Sure, I can do that yeah, for you. And it's, just, it's just unbelievable. You need anything from me? No. You're all, Anytime all right. somebody will bring up Doug, I always go out of my way. Not that he needs me or could give a fuck that I do, right. but just say he is. I mean, he, I know you, he's hilarious. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just telling you, he's the greatest coworker you could ever have. Right. Anyway, this is your podcast. I'm hijacking it <laughs> no, now. you're all good. Let me tell you about hedonism. <laughs> yeah, and Iggy is... Uh, is <laughs> exactly exactly what I thought. I mean, he is uh, that stuff is is Iggy. So, uh, and then unapologetic. Get, yeah, and then getting to meet Plowhawk for the first time a year into being. Oh yeah, the show. so you didn't, but you had listened to him, right? For and loved it. And right when I started listening is right when Plowsy started. So like my entire time listening to the show. Oh yeah, which okay. included driving to Ladue High School at seven in the morning, nice. listening on AM radio in a car whose radio didn't work really. Nice. So it was just mostly static, but I would listen every day. And so uh and then podcast when I got to study hall. So it was just kind of my life. And so Plowsy was certainly someone I was really looking forward to meeting and working with and hasn't disappointed one iota. Yeah, the uh yeah I think I think that everybody I think the listeners can tell like there's nobody where you'd go, oh, I thought this guy was this, and then you'd meet him and go, mm-hmm. holy shit, like, they're this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I come off as a dick. I am. <laughs> Doug, well, I mean, but just, like, direct, I guess, would be the more. And, Very like, kind of so. like, okay, you don't like me, you won't, fine, whatever, right. fuck off. Direct is a good word. Uh, Doug is uh, also comes from the, I don't really care all that much, but he's genuinely hilarious and right. you know will I mean he'll tell a story I mean for real the reason Doug is on the show is how much he made me laugh when I worked with him at KMOV not when he was doing the sports but when we were in the sports office mm-hmm. I pissed myself <laughs> I truly wet myself because of the shit that he would say and the stuff that was going on in that sports office um, and Iggy is unapologetic about who he is um, and I totally respect it it's a great trait for broadcasting Absolutely. podcasting whatever and uh, the Plowhawk, the Plowhawk now has these takes that he has certainly, like, if you want to talk about somebody who has changed, I guess that would be it. I do get where he's coming from when he gets upset with the audience about the, because I think he has, kind of like I have some PTSD on some shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking radio PTSD. He has, like, when he gets upset about the stuff about the skeleton or the Sinbad interview or <laughs> Uh, in his mind, people are just busting balls, and I know they are. Right. But he truly was terminated one time, albeit for 48 hours, but still, he was fired because, um, I'm trying to think which one, if this was Pete or Plowboy. Oh, no, Pete, Pete was a different one. Uh, it would have also an email to management. This one was complaining that the Plowboys is going to replay I remember that. best ofs. In 2019, because I remember doing from where I was doing the show, I was in Jupiter at the time, and didn't think anything of it. And then he was fired on the air, not on the air, but like via email while we were doing the show. Well, I remember that, yeah. And it was because a listener, who I think was a client also, um, if I'm thinking of the right person, emailed station management complaining about what the Plowhawk had just said. And so for the audience to understand why he is, you know, as fired up as he is about that, that is 
that is the reason. Right, and I understand that completely. And I, but that's also you know different different regime, different management. Sure. So there's that element to it. Yeah, I get. And Plowboy is just I like for as many as it takes. I I couldn't disagree more with you know. And there's plenty of them out there. Uh, I've, he's just such a sweet human being and such a nice guy and such a pleasure to work with that like it over that the, his personality overshadows any take he's ever given to me personally. I could, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, yeah, interestingly enough, Jackson, I would say he may be the most dissimilar to his. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. actually when you like reverse engineer it, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but he he's he off the air he is more the guy he was when he started on the show right. on the air he gets really worked up about some sports things and also the listeners bringing up the Sinbad interview which... yep absolutely and they're like uh, cuz i've listened to uh, swope's picks the rise of flousy and there was like the there was flows. breadcrumbs of bantiness uh-huh. at the beginning, but it wasn't full display. And now we've seen it full display, no holds barred, and it's outstanding. And so I mean, I love the Plowhawks. So uh, no real huge misconceptions on starting the show, transitioning from listener to uh, to being a member of the show. Um, all right, the next question from the Hunchback of On Castle for today's Jackson deep dive: When you joined TMA, it was still the hot dog stand era as he's calling it. Did you ever think during that time, what the fuck was I thinking getting into radio? Now, I realize some people are listening to this who know exactly what the hot dog stand era means, but I also know some people listening to this who have no idea what the hot dog stand era means. So we were at KFNS. You joined, You started in December of 20? Yep. And um, Randy Markell owned the radio station John Hadley was the general manager of the radio station. And in the 2021 Dotem, I believe yes. it was, or Lemmings Open, one or the other. Dotem. Uh, there were some questions from the listeners as to how come there wasn't a charity partner. Uh, John called into the program, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, and said that the money was going to go to... Steve's Hot Dogs, which is a hot dog op restaurant yeah. stand owned by uh, Steve Ewing, who many would know from The Urge, uh, the lead singer, and uh, and people <laughs> thought that that was Confusion. just Confusion. made up on the fly. And then he also called the listeners douchebags. He did, because they were sending in <laughs> fake bids on the text line. I don't know how. Who could have, yeah, who could have a, forecasted that? There was a thing that they were doing where they were trying to get listeners to bid on getting to play with each host but the listeners were going this is just a straight money grab there's no charity component yeah oh it was so awkward yeah. the whole time like i mean we had known well i had known and i don't know who else knew you know that barring some you know miracle we were leaving in a couple of months and we were just trying to get through it um, without more hashtag furloughs. So that is the reference to the hot dog stand era. So when you joined TMA, it was still the hot dog stand era. Did you ever think during that time, what the fuck was I thinking getting into radio? I'll be curious to hear the answer to this. So two parts to this. One, I think that you especially would agree with this, that I came into the time where it was less treacherous, 
I don't know how to describe it, but I... Comparatively speaking, yes. Yes, like I came in at a time... Now, comparing 2020 and 2021, like the end of 2020, because 2020 was perhaps the roughest of all of them from 2016 to 2021. 2021 was easily the easiest. Like, if I'm ranking the years of that time... And I was on the show the entire year for 2021. Right. 2021 was easily the easiest. Um, And I think psychologically it was because I knew... Honestly, once Rush Limbaugh passed away, I knew I was leaving for sure. Now, in my mind, I was planning on leaving anyway. And I also knew that the plan was anyway, that no matter what, even if I went and did a show by myself, that unless every place that was I was talking to said, no, I don't want Doug, Jackson, Iggy, uh-huh. that you guys were going to be a part of it as well. Right. And then ideally, eventually, the cat, the plowhawk. That's what I was in my mind. So psychologically, it's like, okay, you know, we got the hot dog stands and shit, but fine, we're leaving. So it doesn't matter. 2020 was the year in which the cat and plowhawk got furloughed as it was called. Now that also happened 24 hours after we terminated our letter of intent to buy the station because the terms were changed uh, a week out from the closing date and just it was the the terms were changed to something that was a non-starter it wasn't even a it wasn't even a sweat i didn't call anybody else in in the group Uh, the attorney whatever it was it was quite a quite a day uh and so when that happened i knew the way that that was managed and operated was essentially tim do this or else i'll fire people on your show that's the way, and, and oftentimes it did happen, unless I gave money back. I was Mel Gibson and Ransom, just paying money to, to get get my people back. So uh, that was a super tough time as well. So you acknowledge, and I would agree with you, the 2020, at the end of 2020 and 2021, was not as bad, but it still was rough. It still was not what this is. No, and that's the thing. And by that I mean how we just do our show and go on about our lives. Right. And people are like super like appreciative of everything. It's just, like, it's prof- the word is professional. That's the word because right. people here, you know, work in the business and know how to run the business. Right. And aren't looking to be in the newspaper and, you know, fight and stuff like that. For sure. And so that's a big thing is like when I was, when we were over there, I had no point of reference right. in radio and in just general workplace culture. I mean, eight months prior, I was ripping movie tickets on Stadium Boulevard in Columbia, yeah. Missouri. So I had no real point of reference in terms of professionalism. So when I was there, I mean, I'm uh, working, producing the show that I've listened to religiously for, at that point, five or six years consecutively. And so I was head over heels excited. Still am to this day. Still love doing it. Still really do feel like... Like, man, this is, like, such a cool opportunity. When I hear that, when I hear Jermaine Stewart every morning, I think, like, man, this used to play in my ears on my car when I would drive around Columbia or drive around wherever, and now I'm, like, in in the heat of it. Like, it's really, really cool. And sometimes you can lose sight of that because uh, every day work day is going to, you're going to lose sight of some right. of the cool things of your job. But when you, like, really reflect on it, like, especially this morning when I was back in my booth, I was like, man, this is really, really cool. And so, really, you thought that this morning? Yeah, I think I'd say like once a month, I like have like this like moment of self reflection where I'm like, hey, like for as much as like you might have like not be looking forward to doing this, that, or the third, 
you're still getting to produce like your favorite show. So let's you know put things in perspective. Yeah. And I think that's really important. So uh, no, I never once had the thought like, what am I doing in radio? Also, like I had a, I had graduated five, four or five months prior to getting the job on TMA with a degree in sport management, which is ideally you work for professional sports teams. And at the right. time, the pandemic, yeah. teams were doing the opposite oh, of yeah. hiring and yeah, yeah. firing. So, you know, every application I sent was either met with no or just no response. So it wasn't like the market was robust out there for me and I had a ton of options. I had no options. And so I threw a Hail Mary, sent the email to Tim, and was fortunate enough to, you know, the opportunity came about and I, I got the opportunity to do it. And it was like, how could I be anything but thrilled? I, I, you're going to wind up saying, I already know what you're going to say, because I've said stuff like this before, and you say the same thing every time. You're going to say, I appreciate you. Um, but for real, the fact that, I, and I, I didn't hire you, mm-hmm. but um, my contract called for the show having three hosts uh, and a producer and a board operator, if, if memory serves, and so when who was leaving Gangster Pete was leaving, the, the position had to be replaced. And I think it also said it had to be replaced at the same salary. In other words, you can't just like whack, you know what I mean? Right. Like Because the, yeah. then that could be a cost-cutting thing. So we tried to do everything we could to have our lines of defense from nonsense. Um, and so I put that out there, and we've talked about it. Me and you have talked about it, and we've probably talked about it on the podcast too, uh, publicly that you sent an email in like within 15 minutes of the podcast posting. Mm-hmm. And I had no reason whatsoever to sense that you were the right guy. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy, and and he may listen, I know he was a TMA listener who who was established in the business, who wanted the job and uh, at a, you know, perhaps one of the biggest stations in the market. Uh, and he was vouched for and so on and so forth. But I was just like, I just, I was, I was like, you are the guy. And I, and I couldn't help but feel that way. And it was, it was weird because it would be an, the easier move would have been to hire the established guy, not the guy who was, like you said, tearing tickets right. at a movie theater. Um, and I am so, the show would not be where the show is had I hired or had I recommended that KFNS hire that guy. Mm-hmm. So that is such a, there, there's these moments, I talk about it, the movie Sliding Doors Sliding and how doors, these yeah. things happen. Uh, and I am telling you, and, and, and again, that's not a shot at that guy. It's a compliment to you that, you know, work ethic, ambition, um, disposition, um, the, the thing that I value personally is being able to count on somebody, which sounds kind of basic. Right. But if you have worked with people who you know you can't count on um, or you don't even bother knocking on their door because it might not get done properly, uh, it, it is, it's, it's invaluable to have that. And so when the time came and Tommy and I were talking about how we wanted to do this, I mean, it went without saying that assuming everybody wanted to come over and by everybody i mean the four people on the show at the time rockio was in a different situation because he was our board up at the time but he was in a different situation um and obviously when the time came and 101 had an opportunity i i still can remember sitting there with mike Ryder, the executive producer and tommy going god we need to get a producer for the morning show you know anybody and i go fuck 
absolutely. Right. Uh, Matt Rocchio. And, yeah. and he's now a year and a half into being the producer for the opening drive. Uh, but that I knew you guys had come over, but I felt comfortable going, okay, why don't we do like an all-day show, all-day content, the Howard Stern ripoff, no question, because of you because I felt like you could handle it. The thing that was in the back of my mind, and it wasn't even in the back of my mind, publicly, I guess, was in the back of my mind. Privately, me and you talked about it like, holy shit, it's going to be the four of us, and you're going to have to do all of this. Right. And so that was something that was a concern. But hey, Hubbard, you know, Hubbard was taking a chance First off, there's usually not live programming on HD2 radio stations. And I can tell somebody all day long that TMA bills whatever number I want to tell them. Um, but there's a difference between telling somebody and then it, the money actually being there. I have been told two different times by shows when I was operating stations that they, what they were billing. And since I had been... Yeah, I mean, in both cases, actually, I had him give me the clients and the spend and and in both cases got beyond. I don't I, burned isn't fair. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened either way. Didn't even have anything remotely close to it. And then you have to make a change. And be like, what the hell happened? Well, I mean, that's <laughs> it's a business. Right. Uh, and. So Hubbard wasn't going, oh, you want to hire six people? Well, good, sure. And you're going to be on HD2? You know, we have this Rizzuto show that has a 30 share, uh, but, you know, they have four people on it. But, yeah, you're going to be on HD2? Right. Yeah, we'll hire six. So when people go, man, I really miss the cat, or I really would love to have Charlie on, and, you know, why don't you have 10 motherfuckers on at the same time? There was a budget there. And so the way that it played out was they wanted um, to see how we performed i.e. if the money was there, and then if the money was there, then they would hire the cat, then they would hire the plowhawk. And my plan was to give the money back to bring the cat over. The cat uh, had an opportunity with KFNS right away, whereas the thing with Hubbard was going to be con uh, contingent on how we perform and what Tommy didn't say first quarter, but the first two months. And so I understand what the situation was. And then once the cat went to KFNS, I'm like, okay, then it might make more sense to give money back now to get the plowhawk over now because in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to be too much, not because you're not capable, but too much behind the scenes for one person to right, handle. Right. All while you were going to be running the board, running the, by the, the way, yeah. which I don't know if people knew. You were going to be the one running the board. Right. So I gave that money back. Tommy thought I was crazy. He still thinks I'm crazy. Uh, just because I don't think he's seen that before, and I and I don't say that story to be heroic. I just say because it is the it's the truth. It is the story, and that is why things have played out the way they did. And with the benefit of hindsight, um, I should have been pushing for additional help for you. But I was so confident in your ability that I was comfortable making that move. And and by that move, I mean pushing for this TMA all day thing because right. I knew it was going to require a lot of work. Um, and then also I knew we were taking on a new thing with balloon party. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I had the podcast still, I had sound story still, all of this stuff still going on yep. and you're involved in all of them. And it, it's, 
it's it's a lot. But God, when I man, when I was hiring, we just hired our general manager for Sound Story. Literally, he just signed his contract on Thursday night, actually. Um, and I, I, I swear, I was like, I need to find another Jackson. I mean, it's just it, you, you, you. Once you find one, you go, oh my God, let me see if I can find you know another one. And that's what we were able to do. Uh, and it, it means the world because we're you know I've been as you know working on uh, raising capital for this round of funding for Sound Story. Um, and that has been, you know, a big part. So this general manager, I think, the world of, because he has so many of your traits. And you can't teach those traits. You can teach somebody to do plenty of things and take your pick of whatever business or, you know, sports. But you mm-hmm. can't teach a pleasant disposition, ambition, initiative, um, something as basic as responding. Not instantaneously, but I just know, you know you're going to be on it. And that is, that's invaluable. And I know that people around here recognize that. And that's why I'm like, you might not know it, but I know you're going to be in a good spot throughout your career because you have these traits that candidly should be basic and everybody has, but they don't. And so you stand out right. along with a pleasant disposition, which certainly everybody doesn't have, you know, me being uh, exhibit 1A. So uh, it's it's something that, you really, I mean, that, that moment in which you emailed yep. took the show from, you know, what it was to what it now is, and it has experienced growth, and you just, you, you know, what if you wouldn't have emailed? Right. Or what if I would have recommended they hire, you know, th- there were multiple people who contacted me, but there was there were two, to me, obvious candidates. Yeah. And I think most people probably going, well, we're going to hire the guy who's you know, done this and been producing this, and he's at this station. Holy crap! He wants to come over to KFNS from there. Right. Okay, uh, and it and he was great. It's not like I, I, it was just. I was like, man, there's something about that guy. And the same thing with, you know, Mark Bonavani is involved with Sound Story, and the general manager is coming from a unique background. I mean, not I don't know, but it might be stranger than coming from you know taking yeah. movie tickets. I don't know. Right. Um, and Mark would be, you know, they'd, they'd get to me, um, and if I thought they were good, I would send them to him for, like, the final interview. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how active he is in the business. And um, and Mark goes, we found our guy. He goes, I, and, you know, I, he goes, your intuition on people is, it's a, it's a real good thing to have because on the surface this wouldn't have necessarily been somebody with the resume that I would have said this is the person for this role and I don't know what it is I have no idea I'm not saying I mean I just happened to be right with you mm-hmm. and I'm very confident I was right with or I am right with this gentleman um, but I don't know I, I have I, I don't I don't go here is here is how you f- you know right. I don't know it's not an exact science I yeah think that's the key um, First of all, as always, appreciate. Let's get that out of <laughs> the way. But it's true because I really do. And um, uh, I, I would say I'll, I'll tell a brief anecdote. Uh, I was uh, working at the country club in Columbia, Missouri. I was working two jobs in the movie theater in that one. And it was mostly like banquet stuff, like breaking down banquets and weddings and stuff like that. And the manager of that place spoke broken English, was an immigrant, one of the hardest working human beings I've ever seen in my life. Like 
be there from sunup to sundown. And he told me, he said, if you keep that same work ethic and that positive attitude, I don't care what industry you're in, you're always going to be successful. And that was something that really fueled me because it's something I didn't really think about. I was just like, this is just how I work. And he told me that. And it was like, I was like, okay, that's like a really good thought to have. He's like, if you just keep up that good work ethic you have and a positive attitude, you can do whatever you want and be successful in it. There, there's, it's so true. I mean, we have people, I have, you know, occasional get emails that like, take your pick, like, you know, what would you say? I'm going to become a parent or I'm interested in getting a broadcasting. I'm Mm -hmm. happy to give, again, I always say, I don't have the answers. I can give you my experiences and things that wound up working out and things that didn't wind up working out. But I remember similar to what the story you just told my dad saying, Timmy, I have no idea what it is, but if you just do the bare minimum these days, you will stand out in, in things such as showing up on time, and I mean, which, of course, is ironic considering TMA starts at 7.07, <laughs> even though I am here. Um, but, um, you know, returning calls at the time yeah. before text is probably what he's talking about, um, saying please and thank you. I mean, just basic-ass stuff right. that it will stand out. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I but I feel like I've had these these reads on people, on, on social media. Right. If somebody acts a certain way. There's no way in the world I'll let them get close. Right. You know, um, on hiring, on reads on politicians. I don't know if I've. I, but it's like, you know. I mean, how do I know that I'm really right? I guess I I know with you. You know, and I'm virtually certain. You know that if somebody's with the background in business that Mark Bonavani has, he interviews the guy and goes, oh my God, you know, we found our guy. I would right. have never, but good for you for having the intuition you had because, uh, you know, and, and that's, you can't, you can't put a dollar value on somebody who has the traits that you were talking about that that guy mentioned to you. So if you want to find some form of advancing in your career, those types of things... You know, I talk about it in radio when people ask me, you want to be re- irreplaceable. That's the way that you really – and you as an on-air guy, I think you would acknowledge at this moment are not irreplaceable. I don't know if you ever can be, as I've said before, because you're just too fucking normal and good. <laughs> you have to be a little fucked up. Right. But as far as an employee here, I guarantee you if I just drop dead right now, they'll be like, we got to fucking make sure Jackson doesn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's because of having those traits. So I would say to people listening to this, especially those who are younger and college and getting those types of things, God, they're so important. I mean, they mean the world to an employer. And that's why I always say fly under the radar. By fly under the radar, do your job. Ideally, you're responsible for bringing in money and having an impact on the bottom line where you are irreplaceable. But don't stir the pot. Don't be the guy or the lady who is always walking into your boss's office bitching. Be Doug Vaughn. Find your Doug Vaughn nirvana. And then if Doug ever did have an issue, it carries incredible weight because he doesn't bitch about everything or cause a problem about everything. You know, and everything's going to be a war. Boycott wolf kind of thing. 100%, man. That's the thing. Uh, So, yeah. That's why a few weeks ago when I noticed you were just a little, I mean, slightly off. And yeah. off isn't fair because it makes it sound like there's something wrong. You just tell you weren't your normal self. Uh-huh. And yeah, you wound up being, you know, well, that was the case. It, it carried weight as opposed to if you were always, I'm like, okay, I got to fucking do this podcast with Jackson. He's going to be over there bitching, you know. <laughs> right. 
It's a buzzkill, man. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah, everybody needs to find you and hire you and not let you go because you can't find a bunch of people like that. And it's that's the truth. Work ethic, ambition, initiative, you can count on them. So it, 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 that was such a huge moment. And I'm glad. But I think, you know, in fairness on you never having to go, what the fuck was I getting into? Rush Limbaugh passed away in February of 21. Mm-hmm. And because of what was going on at that time with me and KMOX, you and you were involved in some of that. You had right. knowledge of it. Right, right. I think actually before Doug or Iggy did, I think. And I'm not saying that because I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> right. but because we had to, we, there was some production shit that I, right. you know, can't do, uh, nor can Doug or Iggy. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, here's the deal. By the way, everybody's going to be taken care of. If you wind up saying something to anybody, you'll be done with me. I mean, you're right. welcome to go run around and call Dan Caesar or something and be my guest, but right. you'll never talk with me again. Uh, but, you know, uh, this is what's going on. So you knew, I'm saying this, maybe I'm projecting onto you, you knew that there was going to be a happy ending. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt like even when we, maybe I could be off, but I remember it was never like in the realm after Rush died, but I remember when I first talked to you before I even got the job, it was like talking about like, yeah, like this is the current situation mm-hmm. and there's some options out there. So like the there was like, but the day Rush died and then we talked about that day or two later or something. That's when I knew like that there was, there was something going to be done. It was either going to yes. reshaped, what, I would say. hundred percent. I mean, I, I was on my call with them uh, driving down. We were in spring training when that happened and driving down to Miami. My wife was in the car and we, I got off the phone. I go, well, everything, everything's, everything's about to change. And it's going to happen really quick, whatever it is. I don't know what it's going to be. It's just all going to happen very quickly. And it, and it did play out that way. Uh, and it's amazing how something that you would think, you know, I sit here and I talk about it like everybody knows what I'm talking about, but that led to conversations with KMOX. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, but my main thing was I wanted to, I, I would always say, and I mean it, um, you want the money attached to TMA. I get it, as you should. Any business should. be strange if you didn't. But just getting me doesn't mean you're getting the money because I'm not TMA. Mm-hmm. I may be considered the whatever, I don't know what you would call it, but the face of TMA or the, the own, I guess I own the IP of, of TMA. TMA is the group. Um, and so that was an important distinction there. And had they said, okay, we'll put TMA on, which would have been very bold, uh, then that's where we would have gone. Right. You know, I mean, can you even imagine? That would have been, wow, what a change <laughs> from Rush Limbaugh to <laughs> TMA from 11 to 2 on uh, KMOX. But that wasn't the direction they wanted to go. They wanted to put me with someone else. And uh, nothing against that person. I just, I, I didn't feel, I also didn't feel morally slash ethically right about I get my shot and now I'm going to leave you guys back in Vietnam. You know, <laughs> right. I, that, that wouldn't be, uh-huh. that wouldn't be fair. But we were and are in a better position because of you and your work ethic and the fact that I knew when I went to Tommy, I'm, Tommy's like, okay, who's, who, this guy's 20, and at the time, I don't know what you were, 22 or 3? 23 when we first got okay. here. Okay. Yeah. And it just turned 23 because your birthday's in March, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, you were discussing it. It was right. probably 22. Sure. Yeah. And he's going, okay, 
and you're telling me this guy has to be <laughs> <laughs> this child has to be oh and the stuff that I was saying back then and now that I'm in the building going how do you guys not tell me hey <laughs> dude we want you here but you know stop <laughs> <laughs> hit the gas a little bit holy shit no the brake yeah i was hitting the gas anyway um yeah man it's so it's such a key moment so yeah i'm sitting here blowing you i hope you're enjoying it i hope i'm doing a great job I a lot of, lot of saliva <laughs> uh, all right next question what is your favorite part of the show what is your least favorite i'm anxious to see how you handle the least favorite question favorite part um favorite part tma is there's like moments, and this is gonna sound like odd, but like there's moments where I can feel we're doing what we do, which is hard to define. Like when we're just like bullshitting, I can feel like we're in a groove sometimes, and it's like sweet, sweet magic. Like just topics are going left and yeah. right. Yeah, ADD it's weird. Is it, yes. there, I know exactly what you're talking about. At least I think I do. Right. Where it's like going, and it's like. It's like a like if you were a jam band and you're just like oh fuck we found it and we're just gonna play for another exactly. 25 minutes yeah it's like yeah. A, yeah if fish were to just be able to just like yeah. riff for yeah. 25 minutes and it's like and it doesn't take anybody like changing topics it just happens so yes. naturally that's my favorite that's part a, that's a great observation because it just happens so smoothly and it's like <laughs> out of nowhere it happens and it's great and it usually I'm telling you it usually has something to do with like. 70s or 80s sitcoms like there's always so it's like who's the boss gets brought up and then magic gets made um so I'm, I, I, that's a part of it that's probably my favorite part of the show my least what favorite do we got on least fair i'm anxious i'm anxious to to hear this let's be honest it's here pretty, we're in the trust oh, yeah. tree it's it's actually really easy it's anytime we do a remote anytime we do a remote is my least favorite part of tma yeah that's interesting. that might be mine too. stresses the shit out of me because i like when we're in here I have, and by I, I mean I and the production team and IT here have so much control over what's going on. If something goes wrong, we know exactly what to address. When we go on remote, we're at the mercy of the remote's internet, the internet back here, who's running the board here, who's running the remote out there. There's so much that goes on with it. Uh, the mics could cut out, YouTube, and then you add the YouTube element too. As so much can go wrong on a remote, and you're like scrambling, and you're doing things remotely that you usually do in the comfort of the studio it just it can stress me out big time so uh remotes are the my least favorite part i mean and there we've done some really awesome i mean shit, we did the show from jamaica, jamaica this year yeah. which is actually and we got another uh, that hasn't been announced yet another traveling one coming right soon right deep so, tease yeah that's the thing is so like um in, in actuality, the Jamaica one has stressed me out like less. Oh yeah, that than, was. Uh, than, we just showed up and it was, it was ready all, to go. It was like that all was done unbelievable. That yeah. was that was huge. So like that one actually stretched me, stressed me out less. Give me another least favorite because I feel like that's a great answer, but I want something else. The another one. Um, I think you're. Here's the thing. I think you have it, but you know that it could. That, that my that's my read right. God, nice. It's so great to own souls. I don't know what you're thinking. I just know that you're thinking it might. Yeah, I, just I don't, don't think it's going to piss me. I think you think it might piss off some people in the audience. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, oh, maybe it'd be great if it might piss me off. I, guess, I, I, I honestly don't know if I can be pissed off. As you know, I've put money out there and can't get anybody to do it. Uh, this, again, like there's a podcast. We could just, if I say it, and it probably shouldn't go in. I'll just edit it out. So oh. why, the, why the fuck am I having any pause? Yeah. Uh, the Daily Fantasy Sports Showdown really is, is oh, a wow. burn my saddle, I have to be honest. Wow. It's a burn my saddle. That I did not know. Cutting out those fucking names. I everywhere. thought Dogtown Ty did that. No, 
Flip Wilson sends me the list. I can't figure out Alan Dayville, <laughs> Flip Wilson, and Dogtown Tie. Yeah. I have no idea it's the why. It's a great confluence of, it's of guys in their 30s, but they're really. I'm, Flip Wilson's awesome. Dogtown Tie's awesome. Alan Dayville texted me today saying, like, fuck the Vols when I said that. Uh, nice. Talked about Tennessee. So I like all those guys. But Flip Wilson sends me, which is a huge help, like a massive help. But cutting out the names, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, Iggy will sometimes text me for updates, pain in my ass. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I forget to enter in a roster, and it's like, oh, now so I have So he really to, wants to win that now, <laughs> It seems like it's a w- one-man interest level on it. <laughs> Just being honest, it seems like there's a one-man interest level. I don't know the best way to handle that thing. Like Jamie Burkhardt, who I love, love. of Munganest, for real. Like, I can't, you know, I mean, I realize they're an advertiser, so people go, oh, you're just saying that because they're an for real. You know, he is just the best. And the people who work for him say he's the best, too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you, you want to support a great business in person, Jamie Burkhardt at Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, I know he is amused by it. He's amused by the dumb shit that goes on because he'll right. text me during the show, not just even with the Daily Fantasy Sports Showdown. Like, what, it would be really interesting to me, but it might only be to me as a Daily Fantasy guy, kind of on the periphery of a Daily Fantasy. He's not a winning player anymore, or at the moment anymore, makes it sound like I ever was. But um, it's like if we took a player pool and then we built the rosters that way, that, you know, I don't know. Because it's, it's I, I don't know. I want to do it and I want to make it better. Right. You know? Right. And then, yeah, I get it. If it stresses you out, it's like... It's not the stress isn't necessarily. It's just like every Wednesday, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, I have to yeah. cut out these names and then put them into a box and then, like, put these rosters in. And I'm also, like, handling... Uh, the thing that actually does give me stress is, like, handling money that isn't mine and more so Oh, sponsors. are you? I didn't even know you were handling Well, I'm money. handling the money in the sense I take the money that is given to me, given to the show for the Daily Fantasy ah, Sports and put it into DraftKings then take I it out. See. And anytime you're doing that, right, it's, no, it, it, it can be stressful. That's why I have, like, there was, like, a time in the show when we were at KFNS where, like, people would Venmo me to give money to yeah, Meyer, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I, and it, like, yeah, actually cost me money sometimes, and it's like, no thanks. But, um, let's yeah, let's put, put a pause on that one. So, uh, that stuff kind of gets me stressed. I just, it, it's a, it's like a thing that I do, like I do before the show, I do links and audio and all this stuff and get the cabins log ready. And it's like on Wednesday, it's like, oh, son of a bitch, I got to yeah. cut out these names. And in all honesty, it's the slightest of inconveniences for me. But it is sometimes just like, just generally. Like, but that's I, the thing. I, I thought you were going to say the pod, the pod, when people bitch about the podcast. Oh, no, no. Because I, at this point, I, if there is any issues with the podcast, like it's not, and I don't want to like come off of like an asshole, but it's not on me. It's never right. like a situation. I've never been on the show where I'm like, oh, I forgot to upload the podcast. <laughs> this major tenant of my job is like, it's like a fry cook who's like, yeah, I, I didn't cook. I just gave you a raw hamburger. <laughs> you know, like I forgot to cook it. Like it's not a thing that happens. So like, I know if there's any issues with podcasts in the back end, which can be frustrating because then you, again, you don't have control. The things that frustrate and give me stress are things I can't control. Couldn't agree with you more. That's what I'm in a bad place, and that's just in life. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's the- Like I got home from our 14 hours of travel on Saturday, and the Internet was not working, and I obviously need that. I mean, I can use a hotspot on my phone. It's fine. It's not a travesty, but like, ah, I, that, that kind of right. shit. Right. I, I think, get what you're saying. I can relate. Yeah, it's the same thing with like booking guests. Like that's the reason I think I dislike booking guests as much as I do because it's something that I can't control. Like if you were to tell me like, hey, for a balloon party tomorrow, I need like a 15 minute audio yeah. cut, this would be like 
bizarro world where you're like, I need a 15 minute audio compilation of like Mike Matheny's press conferences. But I know I can do that. Like, right. I know I can but put booking that. a guest is abstract and you don't know what the response is going to be. That's a brutal thing. It's just, it's, right. it was interesting, by the way. I did this kind of a QFTA on the TMA fan page on Facebook. Uh, go ahead and apply to join. I think we've got like 100 people in the queue, by the way, Jackson. Um, oh, I'll just. You know, Outstanding uh, red uh, blood Americans and not burners. <laughs> right. Uh, that uh, people are going, uh, and I felt like it was asked multiple times. Why not have guests on this? Because mm-hmm. that's what this was initially. Right, right, right. And the the just to be real blunt, because I know not everybody is on our Facebook page, the TMA fan page, Facebook page. With having TMA and having balloon party. And now, sound story, and like I said, we are still, I guess there's, we're finishing off this round of funding for those of you interested in investing in sound story, Um, but just hiring a GM and knowing what we're about to do with that, obviously we wouldn't be raising money if we weren't about to expand it, Um, that I know how much work, I sense, I know how much work it is for a producer, because CMART did it, John CMART did it for the first three years, I believe, of the... No, probably a year and a half. I think he left in... I don't remember when he left. I think he had 18. Um, and he was great at it. Mm-hmm. But God, it's a problem. And we did every week. That's crazy. I have so every much for Every week. Crazy. Pete, too. And we got him in studio. People were coming in studio. These are some big-time people, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, these were United States senators... And these were mayors and, you know, prosecuting attorneys and Senate candidates and obviously athletes. I mean, th- th- there really wasn't anybody by the time we stopped doing interviews. I'm like, God, if we could just get this person. I mean, certainly there would be some. Right. It's just such a thing. Now, I love it. And I, I love doing interviews. The issue is I, if anything, will probably try to start cutting back than taking on more. And on top of it, it's not, I wouldn't be like, okay, I will now start booking the interviews. I'd go, and I wouldn't even go to you because I know it's not what you do. Not mm-hmm. a shot. It's a, it's a, it's right. a skill set. It is. And John Seymour absolutely has that skill set. Uh, I love doing it. I know most of them would be Zoom now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming in when he no. started in 2017. I mean, my first one was Gary Pinkle at his house. Uh, that would never happen now. And Coach Pinkle was outstanding. I mean, that was fucking great. What an interview that was. Not because of me, because of him. But all these interviews, holy shit. I love doing them. And I love doing that. Like, if this, I've said a bunch of times, especially recently, that if this is what I do as far as just broadcasting goes or podcasting is just this show and me and you are bullshitting and then I have an occasional yeah. guest, this is what I do. And I could make less money. I don't fucking care. Uh... And and if we wanted to and move to Jupiter, Florida, and be that that'd be it, along with obviously the work that we're doing now in Sound Story, sign me up. I do it in a heartbeat. But it it is such work that I can't do, and it wouldn't be fair to put on your plate to book right. guests. It is such a task. I mean, what John Seymour did, and then Gangster Pete. Um, I mean. It's crazy. I be again. You go back and you look, and I mean, I've, I've forgotten. And I, I, I guess in a way, I played a role. Maybe I was like getting, I would get the assist, so to speak. But Seymour was getting the goals, and we did it every week. And it got to a point where we had politicians reaching out to politicians, reaching out to us to be on the podcast. Incredible. I mean, holy shit! Right. But you know, the thing is, I, I'm, I'm not totally out of politics now, but I'm just, I'm definitely not as into it as I was at that time. And then people, I'll get asked about having like the St. Louis City Issues kind of podcast. 
And I'm just not the guy to have that at this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's kind of like January 6th. I, that, that was the national one that I go, okay, that'll, that'll wrap it up. I'm taking yeah. my cap and tipping it and going, if you can't, that, that, then I don't even know what, I'm, I don't know on that anymore. I'm still flabbergasted by that. And then the St. Louis region discussion. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I, it does. It doesn't engage me, and in sure. the way that because people go, oh, wouldn't it be great to get like Carl Edwards on as a relatively local guy, mm-hmm. you know, auto racer, Columbia, Missouri guy, right. and I go, yeah, I'm sure it would be, but I'm not interested in that topic, and the way the thing works is similar to TMA. At least one person has to be engaged in the topic, otherwise, it's the crap that you've been hearing. I think in a lot of St. Louis sports talk radio. Okay, we're gonna have so and so on because, you know, wow, that Djokovic match yesterday. So we're gonna have somebody on about tennis, and then I'll ask a question. Okay, you want to ask a question, and it's just this disjointed, horrible white noise boredom radio or by the numbers. Oh, for real, just zero interest in that type of thing. And that's not a shot at Carl Edwards. It's not what I. I also am aware that I'm way more interested in golf than most people, but I don't go. Let me have some golf interviews now. You know, I recognize what the interest level is and it's my own shit so it's point being i'm flattered that people want that because that means they really enjoyed it and they miss it and i do too it's just i can't i mean fuck i just went on vacation and i worked i just can't i can't be a good husband and father and now have this separate business with sound story and be hosting tma and balloon party and this podcast and then go let's add to it by doing at least one interview a week or even just add to it once every couple of weeks. I just can't. I can't. Now maybe it's where I eventually wind up. I don't know, but I just can't do that. I cannot. I can't. I'm already, you know, I, I, it'd be irresponsible because then at that point, then you're not being your best for one of those, you know, people I listed or shows I listed or businesses I listed. So I, I can't do it. But I. But let me make it clear. It's not because I didn't enjoy doing it. I love doing it. I look back on that now with a great deal of pride, even though I shouldn't be proud. It was the producers who did it all. Mm-hmm. I just was lucky enough to have great producers. And then I love having, I love interviewing people, obviously. I mean, I interview private citizens for Sound Story, uh, much less the people we had come in. But, uh, you know, I mean, God, to sit there with Jay Nixon and have him tell the stories about, you know, take your pick of Ferguson and his time as governor and... You know, the story about sitting in David Stern's office, making a case for St. Louis and Kansas City to split an NBA franchise. I mean, all this stuff. And obviously the Rams shit. I'm going, I just feel lucky to be able to, I do this for free, Right. you know, and I love it. And I love that people loved, not everybody probably, or for certain, loved my interviewing style. But my interviewing style is just having a conversation. It wasn't, okay, I'm going to, I remember having a guy named Ed Martin in, and I always felt like he kind of represented exactly what I personally don't like in politics, which is using religion to get votes, which certainly is a way to get 30% of the country to vote for you. And it's, you know, ABC poker, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, is it obvious? Um, But I didn't have him in and then, okay, I don't like this guy, so let me start screaming at him. Right, turn into a debate show. If anything, he left and I go, God, I really like the guy. Now, I don't respect his strategy or I, I respect his views 
I don't share them at all. I respect that he has them. It's similar to a lot of what I think yeah. probably what Doug's are. I don't know anymore because I'm totally <laughs> disengaged. But I respect the person. So I enjoyed the conversation. And he would email me every once in a while. I'm just like, yeah, I mean... And I remember that one. A couple people were like, why didn't you... Well, that's not what this isn't like a cable news show right, exactly. where I'm going to go, okay, but here in 2017, you said this. How do you explain this? It's not what I do. It's conversation. And that's what I love doing. So maybe it'll wind up being there. But yeah, I get what you're saying on the, the guest booking thing coming full circle to how we got on that topic or how I got on that topic. Um, that's a test. And now, I mean, it was it was tough 25 years ago when Iggy was doing it mm-hmm. because he had a bunch of sports radio stations. Right. Now every motherfucker has a podcast. Right, and everyone wants guests. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, when Maroon and I were talking about, you know, we did the thing with Freeze and with Lance Berkman and John Hamm, and I guess a year and change ago, February of last year, me and Pat and Tommy had a conversation, a call one day, and Pat's like, I just don't want to do this thing where we interview people because everybody's got a podcast and all the guys are so sick of being asked to be on podcast. And I know that. So that's why I don't like to bother people who you want to hear from anyway. You know, if somebody asked me to be on their podcast, that's a different deal because who the fuck am I? But like a Pat Maroon, for example, or, you know, Stamkos and these stars he plays with in Tampa, or did play with now that he's Minnesota, play with in Tampa. They're just like, oh, fuck. And so guys don't want to do it or ladies don't want to do it unless you have a relationship with them in some capacity. So then it's, I don't think it's great entertainment for the audience because I know they're just kind of going, okay, I, I'm not going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it and I don't want to fuck my career up. So I'm not going to say anything all that interesting. And then I can say, I did the podcast and now stop bothering me. It becomes like, okay, I'll do it. So you stop fucking bothering me. So that's the tough thing about the guest thing. Like I love interviews, yeah, but you need a John Seymour kind of producer for it and then the time to do it. And I love it, but it's just not something that we're at a point now. So you don't have to worry about anyway that um, (laughs) magically coming back. Um, But yes, I get, because I remember that that brief period of time with Balloon Party, Uh. I was like, yeah, I guess let's get gas. And oh God, I remember I could sense the panic well, that's anxiety it gave you. Kind of what I was talking about, man. It's like, I, if you told me to do this, that, or the third, I know and some I can do. Like, I know I can do it. Therefore, it doesn't give me stress. Right. But, like, I can send a text to name your person if they don't respond. Right. And even if they do respond, say, sure, there's no guarantee that they'll that's pick up the, the other phone. That's Like Darren Pang, who we knew he had on every Tuesday, but sometimes he would just be in the middle of doing his responsibility for TNT. Right. And he couldn't come on. Right. Now, I'd be fine, right. you know. That's the, that's <laughs> the, but there, there are people out there who, like, why on guests and like if you don't if they don't deliver uh, it oh. and it becomes a problem and then it's you have big a ulcer in your stomach so big that you had no yeah, idea and so. freak out about it yeah I did. so anyway don't worry about the guest thing but <laughs> I do does. I remember that time period uh, alright uh, what is your favorite part of the show least favorite you covered that how would you like to grow or change the show um Something that I know that I would love to what do. What do we have here? What do we got going on? And it wouldn't necessarily grow the show itself, but something I would like to do, whether it be on TMASTL.com, part of all of that TMASTL podcast network, um, I would really love to do like a pop culture movie TV kind of blog and maybe even like a podcast associated with that because it's something I am truly passionate about. After Succession wrapped, I wrote like a thousand words, like a blog, like a sample, really? like a sample blog. Like what, what, if I wanted to do this, how would it look and how would it feel? And it's wow, probably dog shit. I didn't shit. know about this. Yeah. It's probably, I just wrote it to myself, 
took like an evening, took like an hour or two, and just wrote it out. Uh, watched a couple more episodes that I thought were important to the story I was trying to tell, or at least the opinion I was trying to right. give. And I really, really enjoy doing it. It's something I'm truly passionate about. And it comes to, I understand that like when I bring it up on TMA or Balloon Party or here, it can come off as pretentious, but that's kind of the nature of yeah, they don't time. like it on a balloon party. Which is fine. That's the thing. It's, and so for that reasoning, not, be, not because... Like, but does I'm that make to, you feel like it's a good idea? <laughs> right, that's exactly. Uh, and not because I'm trying to shelter those people from said takes, but it's something I truly do think I'm passionate about and something I'd like to explore, uh, especially like this week, like tomorrow night, I'm going to see an early screening of Oppenheimer, which is Christopher oh, Nolan's wow. new movie, which Look I at you. couldn't be more excited about. Got a date? Can't be late? The girl going to do me? I'm going to go see it with my boy, Private Citizen Pete, because oh. he also has been looking forward to this for, and he doesn't do movies. So like, this is wow. important for him. So like, and I think that this is like a really big time right now in movies. This is again, like, this is like something like, I'd love to explore and talk about. And so I'd love to like watch this Tuesday and then have it ready. So Friday when it comes out. In theaters, like I could have this review up for it and talk about it. It wouldn't just be movies; it could be TV shows or just anything in pop culture. And I think that's kind of you know I I, I learned about a lot about this because I listen to and watch stuff on The Ringer, which is very 100%, much blend yep. sports and movies and film and TV. They do a great job of that, and that's certainly what the younger I feel like the younger demographic is more into is absolutely is blending. You know, nobody's one thing. No one's just sports. No right. one's just they pop like culture. the personalities and those opinions. That's why, to me, not. That I was asked. This is your podcast, uh, even though I have certainly uh, interjected and hijacked at times. Um, the thing that I think is a growth opportunity for the show, but I don't even know if it's the TMA so much as it's some of the cast members of TMA and perhaps some of the cast members who aren't even on TMA or 101 but are in the building. Mm-hmm. I think, because I know that I love, as a golf guy, when the no-laying-up guys go live on YouTube right. right after a big event in golf. Now, again, I'm not saying, so therefore we shall do golf because I recognize I'm into golf. Right. You know, it's not for everyone. My point being, I thought, like, it, I'm not planning on doing pick six this year. I don't know if you knew that. There you go. I had a sense. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, not to disappoint anybody, hope it didn't ruin your Monday uh, but uh, but I loved the group of people. Absolutely. You know, now that's a group of people with producer Joe, Gangster Pete, G Unit, who and yourself, who, well, you are obviously on. You know, have this as your full time job, but those other three guys have full time jobs in other fields. Right. And but so that means they don't have to leave those jobs. But when there is a big event, or even not, that they would be the right ones for it right after a Cardinal game, right after a Blues game. Now, you got to have the right kind of personalities. Like, no laying up has the same six or so guys, and they kind of change them in and out. And for big events like this week, you have the Open. They're not going to have the slapdicks in. Um, but, you know, for like the 3M, you know, they're probably not going to bring out the, the heavy hitters. And just to um, right when it goes, you know, because to me, and this is it's, it's this isn't limited to the Cardinals, it's it's these are filtered broadcasts, these post-game shows. Understandably so. I'm not breaking any news here. Um, this is anywhere. This you, this could be a college team, especially. This can be a team in even New York, you know. So to have people whose opinions, you, whether you like or you dislike, but you are entertained or engaged by the personalities the moment a game ends or the moment succession right. ended, yeah. and you know that it's going to fire up on YouTube... That intrigues me. Right. I love that. Yeah. Um, 
and it's something I've talked I've, I've talked about doing. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. As I'm sitting here talking about cutting back, it's like I love I would love to like champion it, but not necessarily be have to be on every one of them, right, but exactly. play a role in developing developing it behind the scenes and let other people, you know, for movies, I would certainly yield to you another personality. But I mean, producer Joe has a similar. Yeah, I'm, there's kind of I'm finding the constant the constant thread of personalities who I at least am intrigued by and amused by, or they don't really fucking care. Yeah, and Joe absolutely doesn't fucking. He might be the king of not fucking caring. Yeah, he's right up there. <laughs> and holding grudges and giving blunt opinions and look somebody in the face and stick a knife in their heart. You yeah. know, you go fucking Maximus on them. Um, and Gangster Pete has this whatever rolls his eyes fuck off thing yeah. you know and will just be exhausted by things and you know, G Unit has the he would get worked up I, don't, I just I loved that dynamic I didn't like doing the show right but I liked the dynamic um, but there are people in this building you know across the board like I mean fuck learn yeah. uh, certainly uh, just where there you know the, the certain things where there's a live event and you know, it's like, all right, we're go, we're just going live. Mm-hmm. It just happened, you know. That that's something that that intrigues me. And KG and O Town with what he's done with our social media, right. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him and the ability to cut that up and get it out. I think that's a growth opportunity. Sure. So it it speaks to what you're talking about. I'm just thinking, right, big picture. Yeah. I think that's all. Like I think that like building around TMA. Like all right. throughout that is like TMA is such a great base. Like obviously, like 20 years of, of being on the air and doing this, and it's such a great base. And so you can play off that. We always talk about the TMA ecosystem when it comes to sponsors, but they're all be with e- personalities, personalities and content too. Like there is opportunities, right. So many out there. People were asking me when I did that chat this weekend. Like I, you know, I asked about the cat and Charlie, and I feel like somebody else as well. And I'm like, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. And one of the things I'll point to right away is. KG and O-Town is a guy who we all on the show want to be working here full-time. Two years ago, if you would have said, yeah, you'll be busting your ass to try to get KG and O-Town hired, I would have gone, the guy who texts in? Right. Yeah, I played golf with him. He played Iggy, won the Fan Page Club Championship, and I know him, but why in the hell would we be? But that's a great thing that a listener who gets the show and has a talent can then become, I mean, I think a hugely valuable part Absolutely. of it. And so if you find that that way with what we're talking about, yeah, seven to 10 needs to be people. This is our job. But, you know, I think no laying up. I think most of those guys started with other careers and then the pod, golf podcast I'm talking about. And then once it took off, I think they are now all full time. And so that live element, right when something ends and everybody's talking about it, um, that's and listen. I know people do that. I'm not saying this would be new, like with Francesca with Daily Fantasy <laughs> Sports. I'm talking about with us doing right. it and people from our Sphere. ecosystem. Right. Yeah, totally agree. And the great. TMA quote unquote family culture of the style of show, Absolutely. whatever you know, and then bring in people that are experts on that particular topic. Like we wouldn't go, okay, the Blues just lost to the Avalanche, Jackson. What do you think? I mean, that wouldn't be the no, time for be you. But when Missouri loses to Princeton. Like we did, well, like you did. You just yeah. set up your fucking thing. I mean, and that, that, was that kind so of thing. so easy. Yes, and, and, and that's awesome. what I'm saying. And that's what, like last night Stern, I got to go, uh, by the way, uh, so I'm going to wrap this thing <laughs> up. But last night Stern, out of nowhere, I happened to just be able to see it on social media that he was doing something special live on a Sunday night. I go, oh my God, he retired. Did something happen? And he just had a dinner party 
with Robert Downey Jr., Jimmy Fallon, and John Bon Jovi and their wives, and they just decided to do a show, and they just cut in on Sirius. Yeah, and women. Yeah, shit, we can do the same thing. I know. Tommy has told me that before. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why not do that? That's why being on this is counterintuitive, it is, especially to the olds who yeah. think that my opportunity on 101 ESPN is like my moment. You've, you've you know, been relegated to my an New hour. York television thing. <laughs> this is your chance, your one-hour show on 101, whatever. Yeah, I, we can. We have a blank canvas. And don't have to necessarily color inside. Don't color inside the lines, and that's where you can come up with some good shit. And plenty of it's not going to work. But all you need to do is hit one home run. Absolutely. And so I agree with what you're talking about. I love that. That that you sent me a link. I had already read the thing about Fitzgerald and the decline of Fitzgerald at uh, Northwestern. That was from the Ringer. And I thought that was a very insightful thing from somebody who went to Northwestern and covered the team. Yes. Like that is so good. You didn't just have college football writer. You had a guy who was in there and in the culture and new Fitzgerald. Such a, such a good piece. They yeah. do that all the time. That's why With I the think ringer. It's the personalities is the key. Uh, all right. I told my wife I would be home by 1245, so I got, I can't, I could totally see me forgetting that and then just like going, ah, it's a nice day. I'll go hit balls. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, holy shit. Toys. So, uh, I, I, nice job by Hunchback of Oncastle. Um, and, and he says, any other thoughts you would like to share? It would be appreciated. Would you like to share any other thoughts? No thoughts. I didn't I, think so, I, I, but I've I thought I did. a lot I, of broadcasting today, so I'm, I think I got all my thoughts out. Uh, Jackson Deep Dive. What are you going to call me? I mean, this is your podcast, so what are you going to call Jackson Deep Dive. Jackson Deep Dive. Yeah. I like it. Simple enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. I enjoyed it. Nicely done. Hunchback of Vaughn Castle. Uh, you can always send in your questions, comments, uh, Team McKernan inside STL.com. Anything is welcome, man. For real, I mean that. Uh, I say it sincerely. Uh, and yeah, I'm still. What is it? Fifty dollars or a hundred dollars now to piss me off? I think it's fifty. Yeah, Hunchback of One Castle. I think sent one in saying, "I think you're a degenerate gambler." And I go, "Yeah, I, I, but I, I don't know if I talked about that on here or not." Do you yeah, remember yeah, that we they did. did? Yeah, yeah. And I said, I, th- "I really do feel like it's a competition thing." It's more of a. Kind I of honestly thing. do. Right. Like I stand by that. Right. Um. So yeah, figure. Do you think you could say something that could piss me off? You know me pretty well now. Right, but it'd be like impossible for me to say it with a straight face. Like that's because it would be like something with a made up premise that I just build on. I don't know. I'm and, and in a way I'm like, God, is that concerning that I feel that way? I think it goes all goes back to you are uh you're a businessman but a poker player. A poker player at heart. That's when you talk about like I don't know how I picked up these tells because all you mm. for a living you were not a living, but in your free time, you were picking up tells and you were playing the analytics. And that's how you, I believe that you do business, is you pick up tells and you run the analytics. Yeah, I don't know. Last night, Anna Marie and I got in an argument. She said some shit, and I just started laughing. And I go, I, it, but I know, like, if I'm her, yeah. what a... Like, you might, she might oh, think you're really fucked up. Right, like, yeah, I'm just like, it's just so... It doesn't make me mad. I don't want like I'm like, this isn't good. I'm not I'm not saying this like, isn't this great? I'm saying I am functioning improperly in normal society. And yeah. it's not it's not good. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. Very much. So I want case. I want someone to make me cry. Okay? <laughs> that's what I need. Humble you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. Team McKernan inside STL. Like, I'm more to send me in a story about jerking off on I-70. Right. Either one will take. Newborn sites to subscribe to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm booked right now. <laughs> All right. Jackson Deep Dives in the books uh, for Action Jackson. I am Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studio.